trusted and proven, pushing the limits on every shot. We never fear failure. Join us as we set ourselves against the odds, bringing you cutting edge voices in every industry. This is the Ironclad Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jesse from Ironclad, and I'm really excited to tell you that we have a a really cool show for you today. It's a little bit different than what we typically do. You know, typically on the Ironclad podcast, we have a long-form conversation with someone who is basically like an elite performer, someone who's really good at what they do, and someone that has wisdom and can give advice and impart some, some insights into our listeners about how they got to where they are and how our listeners can go from where they currently are to where they want to be. So what we did today is we compiled some excerpts from some of our favorite conversations we've been privileged enough to have over the years. We, we you know, we've had so many cool guests on this podcast from endurance athletes and uh, former Navy SEALs. We've had authors. And what we wanted to do today was just compile some of our favorite bits of those conversations. So really excited to give you a unique show today. And I want to kick it off with Jeff Nichols. Now, Jeff visited the Ironclad podcast uh, back in December. Now, he's a strength coach. Uh, He is a veteran. Uh, He is an exercise expert. And we had an incredible conversation about his philosophy when it comes to fitness and health. And he actually explained why he feels better right now at the age of 40 than he did when he was 25. Really interesting interview. Here is a portion of our conversation with Jeff Nichols. I really do think that most people have the capability to get to where they want physically. We're not talking skill acquisition. Right. We're not talking hitting a 93 mile an hour slider. Right. We're talking just the fit, looking at your body as something that is a tool that needs to be kept healthy, and we can do that. Like I really, really, do I think we can live to 150? No, 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 no. What I look at is, for most Americans, after they, about the age of 47, 45, they're on a regimen of medication for the rest of their life. Is it really that much? Yeah, it's pretty. It's in their 40s, late 40s. That's crazy. And so for me, I look at it and go, well, I want to push that until I'm 70. Because it's like, I feel like truly, in, in the hand of God, I feel better at 40 than I ever did at 25. Like, I really feel like my life started at 40, 39 years old for a lot of reasons. But for me, I'm looking at going, well, let's make all the mistakes we can up to 40 and then live the life that's worth living. You you make the mistakes because you're resilient, you're durable, you have your time, yeah. all those Stubborn, things. Stubborn, yeah, yeah, all those sort of things. And, and it is, like, especially, you know, if I'm using my life as the example. You've it, lived three lives at this yeah. point. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm not going to live a regimen of medication for the rest of my life. I want to be 40 to 60 traveling the world. Yeah. Healthy. Like, I don't want to have to go to a pharmacy in, in France if I don't need, like, you know, it's like, I want to live a life that's really worth experiencing and and it's we we accumulate our our wealth or income after 40 in my opinion you know at least that's that's the world i live and i see see grown adults like us and it's like very few people are able to make a lifestyle living that's going to pay for the rest of their life in their 20s right and so i you know it's been a real kind of revolution in my head of going wait a minute like Anyone that says high school is the best days of their life have missed the boat. Anyone that says college is the best of their life has missed the boat. And I'm looking at going, man, life for me is awesome at 40 and beyond. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm trying to share that zest with people because, because most people, well, the people that get their life sorted out are, is, is a lot of be is in their late thirties and forties. Yeah. And that's where they will make a decision that they're going to stick with. And I think that fitness and training and those sort of, th- sort of things 
it's, it's easier to convince a 40 year old to train because it's better for their life and health than it is for a 20 year old who's got it all. You know, they've got the health and they've got the athleticism. They've already got, you know, and, and I think that I'm just trying to flip the script a little bit and, and, and show people that, you know, life doesn't end when you're 40. Yeah. And, and I, I, and I really, really like seeing people, especially cause those, a lot of men and women in uniform, right. In thirties and forties. And that, that's where the body will take a toll if yeah. we don't take control of it. All right. I don't know about you, but I'm already feeling inspired and we haven't even heard from Ashley Horner yet. Ashley uh, visited the podcast way back in 2017, and hey, it, I got uh, some some insight about Ashley. She's actually launching her podcast, Reborn, with Ashley Horner on the Ironclad Content Network. Uh, if you follow us on Instagram or on YouTube or any of our social channels, uh, you'll you'll be hearing some updates about that very very soon. Now, Ashley is a fitness ex- expert. She's an endurance athlete, and she dis- she discussed on the podcast why rest is such an important concept in fitness and in life and why we should all make time to unplug. If you know Ashley, uh, you know, you'll know that she is an, an entrepreneur. She, she has an awesome kind of whiskey and coffee shop here in Virginia Beach. She's, she's uh, created foundations to support uh, survivors of domestic abuse. She has a lot going on. But in this portion of the interview, she explains why no matter how busy you are, it's really important to take a few minutes every day to unplug, to recenter, and actually get some rest. Here's part of our conversation with Ashley Horner. One of the questions that we have is how does rest play into your day-to-day? And I think on, on the Ironclad side, you know, we'll, we'll go on these, these trips for just like with the Haiti one. I mean, it'll be five days. Um, it'll be back to back to back nonstop shooting um, then travel we're sleeping in a van and then we might have a, a production backed up to that or we might have a deadline and I think as a team you know ours is more as a team rather than an individual but um, we have to recognize when people need to recharge and because you won't you won't function as well you won't be as creative and I think there's important to be able to have drive and discipline and fight through these things but when you have a second you have to take the time to, to rest and, and recoup your mind. Um, that's not to say to use that as a crutch or an excuse because a lot of people use that. And why well, I'm tired or this and that. You need to fight through that for, to get the job done. But um, it's important that you recognize um, fatigue or you, whether that's creative fatigue, mental fatigue, whatever that is, and allow yourself to recharge. So at least that's, that's how it is on our end. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, so for me, um, because... A lot of what I do is all social media, and as we all know, social media never sleeps. And so I think one of the biggest things, I love what I do so much, so it doesn't seem like work, which I'm sure you guys can relate. So I could do it all the time. Like I could just work all the time because I love what I do and I love the people I do it with. So I could be at work and I don't really feel like I'm working. I have learned though, like, you know, when I pick my kids up from school, like I need to kind of put a a halt on checking the email, put a halt on social media or checking things because I know all of that can wait. I'm not the best at this and it's always good to be reminded, but I think it's important, you know, whenever you're going to bed, because I could probably stay up way past my bedtime just working. I could work all the time. I'm definitely a workaholic. So for me, I just like to schedule parts of my day where I'm completely unplugged. So where I'm not looking at my phone or, you know, I let my team know that like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. 
I'm going to be out of the pocket for the next three hours um, or really trying to just put my phone away at night and grab a book and just kind of disconnect from that life and really recharge. Cause you're right. It is important. It's really important to have that time. And I try to get like seven hours of sleep a night and I'm pretty good about that, but it kind of comes like a, like a fluctuates. Like I was just in Boston at the Reebok headquarters and we didn't get home until like almost 1230, 1am, you know, but I still had to wake up the next morning at six to get the boys up for school, you know, so I probably slept like four, maybe five hours that night. And so you just, I pay attention to it. And I know because of course sleep for me, like I've got to train every day and I do have this big run coming up. So you just have to be responsible and think of it like your training is important, your work is important, but you equally like your sleep and rest and disconnect when it's healthy is important too. Well, you've likely heard of our next guest, Jack Carr. Jack is a former Navy SEAL, and he's the author of the Terminal List trilogy. Now, these are bestsellers that are just these page-turning thrillers based on some of Jack's real-life experiences in the military. Uh, The books are super popular, and Amazon is actually turning the book series into a a TV show. Uh, It's going to star Chris Pratt, and we are really looking forward to it. And Jack came to visit just actually a few weeks ago to talk about how to chase down your dreams and how he went from uh, uh, someone who had retired from his job in the military to a best-selling author, and how he had this vision for where he wanted to take his career. And he offered some really interesting and really powerful and empowering insights about how listeners, too, can, can go after their goals and be very strategic about trying to achieve their dreams. Here's part of our conversation with Jack Carr. A lot of people are trying to gain from people that do and, and that, that experience a lot. You know, sometimes paralysis by analysis can kick in. And for anyone who's listening to this and you would say, and, and sometimes they might feel like they, they could be powerless over their own life or they don't know how to take that next step. Do you have anything that could enact change in that? So the analysis by paralysis, uh, you know, it's a, yeah, it's a great, phrase, but not even on the analysis part, um, it, that it can be that, but it can also just be, um, before you start like studying how to do something. So I get these questions all the time about, you know, what books did you read on writing or how did you, uh, how did you read publishing or how to do this? Uh, and I did read some and, uh, I was just taking pictures of them for a, for a book list the other day. So they're, they're out in the other room, but, uh, I read all Stephen Pressfield's books on creativity from the war of art, authentic swing, do the work, Turning Pro, um, he has a new one out in that uh, in that series as well. And he, of course, wrote Gates of Fire and Legend of Bagger Vance, the Afghan campaign. We spent the last few days together actually on the range in in Oregon doing some uh, some shooting and did some podcasts and got some content and all that. He was a, just a fantastic guy, amazing guy. Um, I read On Writing by Stephen King. I read The Successful Novelist by David Morrell. Um, and those are really, that was it. I was like, for me, I was like, okay, I've got it. All these guys are saying that you need to do the work and you need to make it as good as you possibly can. And essentially don't get distracted. Don't get off track. Like that's, that's all of that. And so I was like, okay, I got it. Boom. And they were right over here in our other house when we were still living in Coronado. Uh, boom, right there. So as I was typing away, I'd have those guys right there. I'd see it. Um, and right now they're behind me. I might move them out here in front of me actually. And, uh, so a lot of people probably, kept reading books on writing, on publishing, on agents, on whatever else, uh, to the point where they never actually did the work that they wanted to do. I'm sure there's probably most people like have done that rather than um, sitting down and doing it. 
um, because they think they can get that one extra thing maybe, or they're going to get that one extra hint or that one, that person's going to tell them that one thing from that next book or that next blog article or whatever else they're, they're reading on how to do something. So for me, it's important to know when to say, okay, I've done enough of this. You know what I need to do? I actually need to do this thing. Like if I want to start a coffee shop, I need to stop researching how to do this and how to build a business and how to do all these things and how to structure everything correctly. You know what? We can fix that stuff. Let's just do this. Let's do it and uh, and make that decision. And what Stephen Pressfield calls, he calls turning pro. And as I was actually flying to Africa after I got out of the military to go to Mozambique to do research for book two, even though I didn't even have a publisher, didn't have an agent, didn't have anything for the first book, I always knew I was going to write two for sure um, because of um, uh, John Grisham wrote A Time to Kill, could never give that book away. And if he had stopped... When, he, when no one was buying his first book, he wouldn't have written The Firm and we wouldn't have The Client and all these other, and The Pelican Brief and one John Grisham book a year. But as I was going flying into Mozambique, uh, you go to South Africa first and then you hop up into Mozambique from there. But on one of those customs forms, it says profession. And I've been out of the military for like two months. And I remember seeing that profession there and uh, I wrote writer. And I was like, boom, that's what Stephen Pressfield's talking about. Turning pro, flip that switch, not hedging your bets, going all in. Yeah, good to have contingency plans, but that's not the same as uh, not doing what you want to do because you might fail. Um, For me, I had to go all in. I had this base of reading. I had this base of studying warfare. I had this base of real world experience, and I knew exactly what I wanted to do. So there's really no excuses in, uh, in my case. Like it was time to get down to business and turn pro, but it's really flipping that switch and a mental thing to decide, Hey, I'm a writer or, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a businessman in this sector or that. And just making that decision, even if you're not there yet, if you're not a published author or whatever, you can still be a writer. Uh, but you can just flipping that switch and making that like, yep. When people ask you, there's no hesitation. What do you do? I'm a writer, you know, now I'm an author. Um, and I think making that distinction in your head, flipping that switch is hugely beneficial. It just frees you up to not say, oh, I wish I could be a writer one day. No, you are. And what does that mean you do? Oh, it means you write. It means you sit down in front of that computer, in front of that typewriter, whatever, and you do the work. I'm already feeling inspired. Uh, and if, as if I wasn't feeling inspired enough, uh, I, I, we have another great portion of a conversation to bring you. It's with Gabby Reese. Now, Gabby Reese is a volleyball legend. She's a fashion model. She's a podcaster. And along with her husband, Laird Hamilton, she runs the digital fitness coaching company XPT and Laird Superfoods. So she's got a lot going on. I like a lot of people that we've been able to talk to. Uh, they, they have a lot of, of different uh, ambitions and a lot of different things that they're doing, but as, as Gabby explains in this portion of, of our conversation, it's really important to balance stress. That's one thing that a lot of busy people uh, struggle with. But Gabby has some really great insights about how to get that balance in your life and what you should do when you're feeling stressed out and overwhelmed. Here's part of our conversation with Gabby Reese. I just notice when it gets too high, I'm like, what the hell am I really responding to? Yeah. And instead of just going like, oh, that's how life is, sort of saying I'm way too close to an edge that doesn't exist. Why am I behaving in a way that's like completely unnecessary? And in the end it's ineffective. Um, so again, you know, my, my training life is about discipline and half of why I do that is just to continue to have places in my life that I'm exercising discipline so that when things are happening in my everyday life, I can respond better. 
which would also, to your point about stress, you know, and also we get addicted to stress, right? We get like, oh, I have so much to do and I'm so busy and like my life is so important. It's like, hey, that doesn't make you more important or more um, productive or more busy. It just makes you like kind of spastic and all over the place. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, again, it's about going, what do I really need to focus on? Mm. What's really happening right now? But then every once in a while, like something feels overwhelming and it's having the right person or people to go to and go, hey, you know what? I'm like trying to navigate this and I feel bumpy and yeah. it's the right person to reflect that conversation off, even if it's mm-hmm. just to look at your own feeling. Yeah. And, and what's interesting too is, you know, I know for, for you in particular, like there's a link between, you, you know, fitness and physical well-being and like that mental and emotional well-being. And I feel like a lot of people that seems like a foreign concept, you know, like a lot of people maybe who, who aren't naturally athletic kind of think, well, that's not something in my life I really need to cultivate. I'm too busy with all this stuff. You know, what would you say to someone who either thinks they don't have the time or it's just too hard? To, to, to get in like a f- actually incorporating fitness because they don't understand that mental and emotional benefits of it. No, I mean, it, it comes down to the basic, like we are animals and I think our avatars are meant to be, to move. Mm. And I think it goes back, back to your value system, right? Um, people can have their houses spotless and ladies can have their nails done and guys can get their cars washed, but somehow miraculously they don't have any time to take 30 minutes or something for themselves. So I think it's first and the root of it is our value system. I have, I have opted for certain things to go by the wayside if need be in order for me to have, keep up my physical practice Um, and understanding that, yes, we may not all be athletes, whatever that definition is, but our bodies are tools that are meant to be moved in the natural world. Like Mm. part of it and it is part of us. And just because we are on electronics and we're in cars and we ride in airplanes doesn't still take away biologically that we are these natural beings. And I feel that we're better. We are more productive. We can execute more concisely. I think we have better ideas when we still have harmony in that natural way. So be it, you know, with my environment and using my, my body as, as that tool. And I think a lot of people look at someone like me and they think, Oh, you know, she is a jock and she went to college for that and played in the pros and whatever. But what they don't realize is I keep up my physical practice because I'm just a human being. Mm. And, you know, we've just not, we've not remembered. And if, if, you know, this whole thing right now, doesn't remind us with um, COVID-19, we put so many things ahead of our health. Mm. And, Besides our friends and family, I always remind people the number one thing you will ever own in your lifetime, all this accumulating we're doing, right, is your health. Mm. And I think it's like pay a little bit all the time. Yeah. Each day, like, oh, it's hard. Life is hard. You know, what? someone I was just recently quoting Bruce Lee about don't ask for an easy life, pray for the strength to deal with the challenges. Mm. Hey, life, we are going to be dealing with it. So let's fortify everything, our mind, body, yeah. our spirit, so that when it's coming, um, but it's also, again, re- reevaluating what's important and what do we define as success. That makes it easier. I'm feeling less stressed already. 
thanks to that portion of the conversation with Gabby. Now, next up, we have Brian Pape. He's the founder and CEO of the hydration brand Mir. We are huge fans of Mir at, at Ironclad, and we're really stoked when we were able to connect with Brian because we use his products every day around the office. Now, he was recently on the podcast, and he gave some really powerful advice about what it looks like to chase down your dreams, to have big ideas, and to go out there and change the world. Now, he's a brilliant business person, but he's also really in tune to, to some really interesting leadership philosophy, and he actually gave us a, even a couple book recommendations that he would suggest listeners read if they're interested in kind of honing their leadership skills. Here's part of our conversation with Mir founder and CEO, Brian Pepe. What would you tell a young listener who wants to change the world but doesn't know the next steps. Yeah, I think um, that's a good one. Yeah, we get I get asked that I feel like a lot, and I think um, you know we've I had a good unlock a couple of years ago where it was um, you know everybody wants to like add value, right? Like how do I add value to this business, or I'm going to add so much value to this and that. And even when people hit you up and cold call you, you know it's all about adding value, right? And I think I think so few people take the time to figure out what they value before you add value back to somebody else. And I think that's something that I've been trying to spend a lot of time thinking about about like what do I actually value. And then does that reflect in, in what I'm trying to do as far as adding value back into people's life? Because it seems like everybody wants to rush ahead of like changing the world, but it's like, what matters to you first? Like change your world and then go out and change the world, right? Because if you're just going out trying to change other people's worlds, like you're not doing anybody any service. That's great. It's a very good one. Uh, okay, cool. So um, what is one thing that every person should do every day? Oh man, breathe, clean, wash your hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, th I think it, I think it's different for other people, but I think um, call it whatever you want, like prayer, meditation, silent, just I think that stillness, five minutes, 10 minutes of just being present and self-aware. And I mean, those are all like super buzzy, trendy words, but I just, man, if it's in your car, it's at your house, wherever it is, just like take five for yourself and just think about the day before, the day ahead. I feel like in the hustle and bustle of life, it's so easy with your phone. I mean, I think back in the day, like, Man, taking like taking a dump or going to the bathroom was like enjoyable. You had like a couple yeah. minutes to yourself, and now it's like you got your phone and you're like scrolling through Instagram, you know. And it's like I deleted it. Yeah, I you did. It. Oh, nice. I, I I just I would get sucked into a vortex, and I just totally wasn't worth it. Yeah, so I think you know I think put the phone down, you know, every day and just um, you know enjoy enjoy life a little bit. That's great. Um, so you're a big reader. I, I hear you're a big leadership book reader. Can you name the, the top three? Oh yeah. I'd say, I mean, lately, lately I've been reading some good zingers. I think, I mean, one of the top ones, especially for, for businesses, um, you know, the advantage by Patrick Lencioni, uh, we, we operate our, our leadership team and kind of the structure of our company, um, from that book. And it's, it was, it was a game changer because I was really struggling with, how do we bring the right people together? What do we talk about? What's the cadence? You know, what are those, what do you talk about in meetings? Are, should you have meetings? What kind of meetings should you have? It just lays out such a simple framework of providing clarity to your team. So I think that one's, that one's really good. Um, you know, principles by Ray Dalio, um, came out a couple of years ago. That one kind of blew up and was good. I just, I mean, it's really heady. Like you read it and you're like, Whoa, this is, this is a really deep framework. Um, but the way he's been able to distill it down to just kind of this, this upward loop, you know, of kind of looping and you know, you're going to fail and you're going to come back and learn and then go, go forward, you know, two steps forward and one step back. And, um, I think that one's really good. Um, this isn't really like a lead. Well, there's a couple. So like Ryan holiday, I think is an excellent writer. Um, and, um, you know, he wrote the obstacles, the way, and he goes, the enemy, he goes, the enemy I read every year, um, just as a good reminder of, you know, yeah. mindset. Um, okay. So what's more important, 
uh, having a mentor or being a mentor? Oh man, having. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't you can't be one unless you have one, right? Totally. Yeah, it's well, it's funny because I just had a um, I felt this I felt like I finally was like, oh wow, I'm getting older because um, the our university the university I went to called me up and they're like, hey, we we want you to be a, a mentee to some kids or you know some college college kids, and I was like, oh what? You want me to do what? <laughs> I was like, I don't have anything to provide to these kids. They're like, no, 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 try it out. And it felt so weird, like trying to mentor somebody. I was like, man, I'm, I, I just want more help. <laughs> well, it gives you an appreciation for people with true patience and, and the ability to really invest in someone. At least for me, I'm just like, man, it's a gift. Totally, totally. Uh, okay, so this one's my favorite one that I ask everybody, and and um, and it's become a favorite for everyone here. It's uh, if you could issue a one week challenge to our listeners that would have to start today, that would dramatically change their lives. What would it be? I'd probably, Ooh, that's a tough one. There's like two, two things I would think about that would dramatically change your life, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with like the more odd one. I think like, I think if people just did like 10 push ups and sit ups a day for the rest of their life, it would like, it would change their life. And uh, the reason I say that is because well, especially now more than ever, like fitness, you know, people are learning that like, oh, COVID's kind of, you know, if you're, if you're not in shape, it, it's not good, right? Like you got to have a good lung capacity. But I've always been fascinated by like these people who live to like 104 or whatever, and they're like still doing pull-ups, right? And it's like, they didn't just magically get on a fitness program when they were 80, you know, they were active their entire life. And they just did that, that daily, I think it's a representation of that, just that those small, small, small things every single day add up throughout your entire life. So what, I mean, take it for an actual physical push-up or just a physical, you know, like a mental push-up of, you know, being thankful for 10 things in the morning, you know, that, that, that daily, just little nug, I think is super important. Are you ready to go into the fray? The Ironclad team specializes in developing films, online series, and content for the world's greatest brands, organizations, and outlets. Now we're taking you to some of the most beautiful and most dangerous places on earth. Go behind the scenes with the world's most cutting-edge filmmakers in Ironclad's new video series, Into the Fray. Each installment takes you on some of the world's most exotic locations to meet adventurers, inventors, warriors, and real-life heroes who've dedicated themselves to forging new paths. We utilize some insane equipment and some insane storytelling tactics to make these things happen and ultimately bring you stories that haven't been told before. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram at This Is Ironclad to make sure that you never miss an episode. And remember, new installments drop every Friday afternoon. Adventure beckons. Will you come? Next up, I want to bring you part of our, our conversation, part of our interview with Jason Redmond. Now, Jason Redmond is a best-selling author. He, too, is a retired Navy SEAL. Uh, he is a highly sought-after speaker, and he's a real-life American hero. Now, we were privileged enough to have him visit the Ironclad podcast a few months ago, where he broke down his own philosophy on leadership. But the, what was most interesting about Jason is that even though he's accomplished a ton and is this widely recognized individual who's done so many cool things in his life, he has a philosophy that you should never peak, that you should always keep growing. It was really powerful to hear, and he unpacked some of the ways that listeners can apply some, some principles so that they can continue to grow in their own life and their own leadership capacity. Here is part of our interview with Jason Redmond. One of the quotes in your book is leadership is a journey that never ends. There is no finish line in the race to be a good leader. Can you talk a little bit about that and what that means? Yeah, I think it's summarized in a lot of different ways. I mean, I would 
I would say one, I think sometimes I've had companies bring me in and they'll say, you know, he's a, you know, retired Navy SEAL and a leadership expert. And I would never, ever, ever describe myself that way. I would describe myself as a, a student of leadership. Uh, and, and the reason being just because leadership is forever evolving. And even as the individual, it's always evolving. Once, it, just because you've had all these unique experiences in leadership doesn't mean that things you've used in the past are definitively going to work in this scenario. Uh, every scenario may take different nuances of leadership. And, uh, and I think good leaders recognize that and they recognize that they may try something. And, you know, maybe if you're Younger in your leadership, you may just do the same thing. Oh, well, let me keep trying this and hopefully get a different outcome. But uh, so that's one thing. And then I think the other thing is a good friend of mine and, and business leader, coach, uh, Bedros Koulian wrote that, you know, never peak. So we should always be aspiring to be better. And I think I naturally feel that way. Um, I don't think I'm quite as competitive I, as I was when I was younger. So in some ways I am, I'm not so competitive that I want to, like, I, I know some guys out there in business, like they're fueled by, they'll sit here. We would be having a conversation and someone else, they'd be sitting here looking at me and all they'd be thinking about is I can't wait to beat you, dude. Yeah. Like I want to make more money than you. Like that's my driving force. Like, and, uh, I don't know, man, I don't tick that way anymore. Like I want you to be successful and I want to be successful, right. but my success is based off continuing to move the needle in my life every day in all areas. So my family's still good. And I come home to a, a, a beautiful house that I'm content with, but I'm not cash broke on. Right. And, um, and for me, it's, it's moving the needle and doing things with my family. Um, it's, it's trying to build more relationship with my friends and, trying to figure out how to help more people. So that, that's my never peaking in all direction. And that, in, and that calls for constantly learning and leadership because it's, uh, it's always changing. The world is changing. You're changing. You're growing. The people you're leading and working with are changing and growing. Your kids, your family are changing and growing. So, uh, so that's why I believe it'll never end unless, unless you get short-sighted and think that you know everything, which usually is, is a, uh, uh, it is a, uh, a death call. Pride comes before the fall. Yeah. Yeah. And I've definitely, arrogance has taken me down. Before. Yeah. And you've written about that and it's, uh, I think that's impacted a ton of people. I think, um, you know, we were just talking before this and you were talking about what success meant to you, but a lot of people have, they've never really defined what success means to them. So they're chasing maybe some of the effects of success. And if they define that as success, everything else falls to the wayside, families, businesses, relationships, whatever that may be success in one aspect. When they get so narrow, they, they leave everything else out. So that's a hard lesson. I think a lot of people learn. Yeah. And usually it's too late when you, uh, when you finally figure it out, usually everything is kind of broken Yeah, and you're alone trying to deal with that life ambush has finally settled in. You know, you've been attacked in some area and uh, the, this is something that I speak on, and it's I talk about it with social leadership, that um, you've got to take time to invest in, I, I describe it as four different rings. So uh, the outer ring is your business relationships. Uh, the inner ring is kind of your acquaintances and more of your close business friends, partners. Uh, that next inner ring is close friends 
uh, and then that that centermost ring is your family. Uh, and oftentimes, especially here in America, we have a tendency to put a lot more focus on those outer rings than our inner rings. And we just kind of take those inner rings for granted. Yet I watch so many people that uh, encounter some kind of life ambush, some kind of life crisis. And, um, and those rings go away. What I, what I describe it as is we all ride along on trains. And if something happens that you get thrown off the train, some sort of major crisis, you know, you guys are riding along on the ironclad train, um, you know, the, the video production train. And I rode along on the SEAL train. And then now I'm riding along on the leadership uh, resiliency speaking coaching train. So if, if something was to happen, we get thrown off the train. Well, everybody else keeps riding on that train. You know, they don't just get off because you got off, you know, your crisis, although they may feel bad for you that something happened to you and they may stop by a few times, their life keeps going. And, uh, it's sometimes hard to see that, you know, I explain it from when I was laying there on the battlefield, um, in the end, I didn't think about all the things I had or the success or my rank or anything of where I was. All I thought about was, you know, my wife and kids and how, man, I wish I would have had just a couple more minutes with them before I thought I was checking out. So I talk to people a lot about that, that uh, have perspective and, and invest in, in all these rings because it's in the hardest times of your life that those innermost rings are going to be there for you. And they're the rings that you want at the end. Uh, all this other stuff we do is awesome, but, uh, you know, those things don't matter in the end. You're not going to care about them. I'd never, not once did I, not once when I was laying there dying, did I think about, uh, a vehicle or a motorcycle or how much money was in my bank account or if my house missed me or any of that stuff, man, you just think about the, the people who are important to you. I'm telling you. How can you not feel inspired by hearing all of this? I want to leave you with one more portion of a conversation with our good friend, Brian Kane. Now, Brian Kane is a mental performance coach who works with some of the top athletes in the world. Uh, he's a good friend of Ironclad, and actually, uh, his podcast, the Brian Kane Mental Performance Mastery Podcast, is on the Ironclad Content Network, where if you don't subscribe, you need to go right now. Pause this one. Go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, or wherever you get podcasts, subscribe to Brian's, because each week he features conversations with, with athletes about how they apply mental performance techniques to uh, kind of enhance their performance and also uh, just live kind of more balanced lives. Uh, the podcast feed is full of incredible insights, insights like this, where when Brian visited our, our, our show, uh, this was actually a couple of summers ago. He talked about by applying just some mental performance techniques and being very strategic about how we go about pursuing our passions. If we apply certain principles, we all have the ability to go out and change the world. All right, get ready. Here's part of our interview with Brian Kane. Brian is a friend and coach of mine. He's an author, he's an athlete, and he's the world's leading authority in mental performance. And, and you know, the thing is, is with what you do, you know, I've always thought of coaching, I've respected it, but I never really thought like about it, if I'm going to be honest with you. It was never something that I thought about until I started hearing more people talk about it, more people talk about it, and I hit you up. And the processes that you've given me have legitimately changed my life. Awesome. It, it's no joke. It's not only changed my life, but it's changed uh, – 
the brand at Ironclad, changed the way we do things, and has now fed our team new methods of doing things and is changing their life. So I appreciate it, man. It's been awesome. My pleasure, man. Just th- thank you for the opportunity. It's been a lot of fun and, and uh, you know, the energy is contagious. It's like the life cycle, man. man you, when you're around the right people and you give energy and they give energy back to you, it's like you're just constantly being energized, man. And if you're not energized with what you're doing every day, you're doing something wrong. So that might be, you know, the first point I want to make to people is that if you don't wake up every day and it's the first thing you think about and the last thing you think about before you go to bed, like what you do with your life, then something's probably off. So let's get that dialed in. Yeah. And, and to that point, I think one of the most pivotal things that I've taken out of all the stuff that we've done together is that the AM and PM routine is a foundation. It's a foundation now. And that daily audit and that daily check-in, um, it helps center you and, and reminds you of those things because it's so easy to get stuck in that rat race. Totally. There's nothing easier than getting stuck in the rat race. And there's nothing easier than getting inputs from other people. Like we both have a podcast. What does that mean? Anybody can have a podcast, right? And anyone can have a podcast. Anyone can put something out on social media. So, you know, nowadays we don't suffer from a lack of information. We suffer from information overload. And the problem is a lot of that information isn't necessarily on point. It's not time tested. It hasn't been proven to deliver results. And you never know who you're listening to or what the strategies are that you're taking. So I think that people need to spend more time in solitude and ask themselves, who am I? What do I really want? And what's my strategy or path to get there? And, you know, Jeremy, we've talked about the acronym, I don't know if it's an acronym or whatever you want to call it, but A plus S plus Goya equals R. And it stands for ability plus strategy plus get off your anatomy equals results, right? So it's not that the people that are listening to this don't have the ability to do what they want to do. It's that they're blocking the ability. And the way that they unblock that ability is coming up with the right strategy. So you can be, have, or do anything you want with enough time and enough strategy and enough getting off of your anatomy or getting off of your ass to do the work. That's going to give you the results. It's not, it's not a hard process. It's a time-consuming process. And you have to identify what the right process is for you to go from where you are to where you want to be and get those results. But once you have that process and you put the work in, you're going to see the results. You do. And I remember when you first started with me, you said, you know, you're going to start seeing results. You're going to start finding time and clarity. Don't fill it with work. And I remember thinking, and I told you this before, I, was, I remember thinking like, what does that even mean? Don't fill it with work. I want to, I want to be able to com- do more, but it makes total sense once you start getting that clarity and what you're able to, it clears up my mind. I'm able to have uh, more time for creative, more time for my family, more time to be a better me so then I can be a better dad, husband, leader at Ironclad. Um, and that's something that I almost, pr- I almost prided myself in being a hard charger, you know, and the sustainability of that, not only for myself, but for my team and my family, it wasn't as efficient as it could be. That's for sure. Well, and there's the, it's the mentality of what got you here won't get you there, right? And the level that you're at, there's a certain, you know, mentality or mindset that goes into getting you where you want to be. If there's a problem that has to be solved, you'll spend 24 hours finding a way to solve the problem. You're going to do it. If, you know, if somebody doesn't show up, you'll do their job. Like you're working in the business, but as the business grows and there's more moving parts to it, there's, it comes a time where you move from working in the business to on the business, right? And now you move from, being the one who's in the battlefield to controlling what happens in the battlefield. And what the mentality of what got you there won't get you there means the skill set that you developed to develop a business, whether it be ironclad or mental performance mastery to get to a certain level. If you stay in that same mindset and those same routines and habits, eventually you're going to top off your growth. 
And then for you to get to that next level, sometimes you have to use the analogy that we've used to being a pool player, right? And if you're a billiards player, you come up to the pool table, you walk around, you look at your shot, you chalk your stick, you take your shot. You don't then like keep your hand on the table and move around and see how many shots you can get done as quickly as possible, right? You take a step back, you chalk the stick and you re-strategize to say, what's my next best move? And I think sometimes when you're in the fight, when you're in the battle, when you're in the grind, we never press pause, step back, get some solitude and silence, which is often where the greatest creativity comes from and say, is this the best use of my time? Do we have a clear plan to get to where we want to be? And are we maximizing everyone's resources? And I think once you're able to press pause and do that, and sometimes you need a coach or you need an accountability partner to ask you different questions and maybe you've been asking yourself, that's often sometimes what it takes to get you to where you want to be. See, I told you guys, you would, you would leave this podcast inspired, ready to go out there and change the world. So what are you waiting for? <laughs> if you're looking for more content like this, hey, be sure to subscribe to the Brian Kane Mental Performance Mastery Podcast. And also keep an ear out because soon we'll be launching Reborn with Ashley Horner on the Ironclad Content Network. And as always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at This Is Ironclad and be, be sure to check out our YouTube channel where you can find all of our content and share it with your friends. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.